and all the happy new month in Jesus precious name hallelujah so this month we are going to be looking at what I have captioned understanding divine destiny understanding divine destiny hallelujah Amen. we are going to define the word destiny we are going to lay the foundation and then by the end of this month I believe God would have given us a proper understanding what destiny is. Hallelujah. Now, destiny simple means it's taken from the word destination. Destination, the end result, the end product. Hallelujah. Amen. For example, if you were to buy a car, there's always going to be a destination. If you have to board an airplane, there's always going to be what? You can't get to, okay, let's say you are going to Germany, for United States to Germany, you get to Germany, and then you now go and tell the pilot, no, this is not my destination, I want to go to Amsterdam. You know that you will need another plane to carry you from Germany to where? To Amsterdam. Praise the Lord. So, destination is the final place. The desire end. The desire end. Amen. Is the place where one wants to be. It is a place one desires to be. That is what destination is. So destiny is the desired place, life that a man wish to have. Amen. Destiny is what you have imagined your life to be if you have your own way. Amen? If you have your own way, what do you want your life to be? That is what destiny is. If you have your own way, how much will you want to have in your bank account? What type of house will you want to live? What type of family will you want to have? What environment do you want around you? That is what destiny is. Praise the Lord. That is what destiny is. But in this kingdom, the Lord has given us a knowledge, a preview of the destiny that he has planned for each and every one of us. And please, I want you to pay attention because most of the times, because we don't take the word of God serious, we walk in unbelief, and our faith is not able to deliver us and usher us into the destiny that is in Christ Jesus. And that's the reason why most Christians are frustrated. Because when they study scriptures, in fact, they don't even study scriptures, they don't even read it. I got it. Now, reading scriptures. Stating scriptures gives you a picture of your destination. Stating scriptures gives you a mindset of your destination. It gives you an imagination of your destination. Hallelujah. So it naturally, you can imagine this is the way you want to live. This is how you want to be. This is this. This is that. In fact, one of the things that helped me in those days, when I was in Accra, I would go to the market area, the young market area. One of the things that happened was that 
I could walk out, I could go outside in the middle of the night, somewhere like 11, 12, walking along the street where seconds is as if I'm going to Kaneshi area. And I will always say this to myself, things will not always be like this. Things are going to get better. And I could imagine the type of life that I wanted to live. I could just literally see myself living the type of life that I wanted. You see, naturally, that was me orchestrating my destination. Hallelujah. That was me imagining my destination. But then when I became born again, and I started to read scriptures, I saw that what God has said concerning me in scriptures is even much, is one billion times better than the one I was imagining out there. Hallelujah. And then as I began to imagine, I began to think along scriptures to see the mind of God concerning my destiny, it became so clear that it was impossible for any devil to sit on my destiny. Hallelujah. Now, because you can sit down and imagine your destiny, you can sit down and imagine the things you desire, the enemy has the capacity to block you from doing that. That is why there are obstacles. Amen? For example, imagine yourself being what? A basketball, the best basketball player ever. Then all of a sudden, you are getting injured. Your leg is broken. Uh, your, what? All the muscles that needs to be you know, you know, this this these are all the enemy putting these things together for you not to what for that destiny not to be fulfilled. Amen. And this is the reason why there are battles. There are battles because of destiny. The reason we have warfare, the reasons we have battles is because of what? Destiny. Destiny is the reason for the war. Amen. If there is any war against against you, it's because of destiny. It's because of death, because the enemy sees the picture, the enemy knows the future, he knows what God has planned for you, so he's, he and his agents are planning to block him. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what God has given us his word to counter those things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So naturally, destiny is what you imagine to live your life, but when you come to the kingdom, destiny is what God has said concerning you. Destiny is what God has planned that at the end before you leave this earth the totality of your life his glory his power the blessings the favor all the things that you will do in his kingdom that is what is called destiny and that is why the devil is fighting you praise the lord before we go further let me say this every great destiny has a great challenge please put that statement down Every great destiny has a great challenge. If you are a Christian, let me just tell you that you have a great destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are truly born again, you have a great destiny. If you are truly born again, if you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you have a what? A great destiny. And because you have a great destiny, the enemy will come after you. It's automatic. You don't need to go and sin. You don't need to commit any sin. You don't need to lie. He will come after you so hard. He will knock you so hard. He will hit you so hard in order for you to give up on the destiny that Christ has for you. Hallelujah. As a Christian, you have a glorious destiny. Hallelujah. Say to me, as a Christian, I have a glorious destiny. 
or say it loud again, as a Christian, I have a glorious destiny. My destiny is glorious. My destiny is blessed. My destiny is wonderful. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will fulfill my destiny in a grand style. I will not be limited. I will not be stopped by the forces of darkness. I will fulfill my destiny according to the details of the plan and the will and the mind of God for my life. Hallelujah. You see, so as a believer, naturally, you have an opposition leader, which you don't need to offend in any way or any shape, whether word or deed. You don't need to offend him. You don't need, just because you have identified with Christ Jesus, you have become his eternal uh, 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 enemy. And because of that destiny, he will do so many things. And the reason for our preaching is to usher men and women to those glorious destinies. Hallelujah. Amen. Every Christian has a glorious destiny. But the devil being the opposition leader has determined that these destinies will not be fulfilled. But thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the name of Jesus Christ. We will fulfill our destinies in the grand style. Amen. Hallelujah. So, every great destiny, please listen carefully. Every great destiny has a great challenge. Understand that. Every glorious destiny has a glorious challenge. No, no, they cannot, no challenge can be glorious. <laughs> Amen. Every glorious destiny has a great challenge. And most believers are not mindful of that. You see, they understand the glorious destiny they have, but they have failed to understand the challenge, the forces of darkness that have found that that destiny will not be fulfilled. So because there's imbalance in this understanding, a lot of Christians are fed up. They shipwreck on the way. They do what? They shipwreck. Their faith fails in the race of life, in the way to fulfill their destiny, they fail, they fall. And then they get wounded in the battle. They are the wounded soldiers. Then they are brought back. They are pushed out of the battlefield. And new soldiers of the cross are being put there. Every great destiny has a great challenge. This is a mentality you must have. This is a mentality you need to establish. Every glorious destiny has a great challenge to overcome. Those who are not willing to overcome those challenges, they are the ones who are compromised. They are the ones who have signed pact with the devil. They are the ones who have sold their souls. They are the ones who have gone to marine kingdom to wash their eyes in order to see things for men and women. They are the ones that have washed their hands in the pot of Delilah and Jezebel. They are the ones who are dining with Balak and Balak's of our days. Because they look at the challenge, they look at the glorious destiny, they desire the glorious destiny, but they don't want to face the challenge. And because of that, the only way 
they could leave the destiny they desire was to go the other way around. Was to go the other way around. Hallelujah. Alright, now, I'm going to give you some examples in the Bible to see that you have a glorious destiny. We are laying the foundation today. Then, next week, we'll go into the very message. Praise the Lord. Alright. There were some children There are so many examples, but for the purpose of time, I'm going to be using these two people, Jacob and Esau, Sarah and Hagar. <laughs> Amen. I want us to see by God's orchestration how those destinies were separated. Now, you know that by revelation, Rebecca was told that she had twins inside her. She was told that the younger would be the, the one, the blessed one. God chose the younger. God rejected the older one. They have not sinned. They have not committed sin. They were children in their mother. In fact, they were not fully formed. Let me, let's just put it that way. They were not fully formed in their mother's womb. But God made his choice. God did what? God made his choice. Children not being born. They've not committed sin. They've not committed sin. They were still in tune with God. They were still one with God. Yet, yeah, God made his, deci his decision. He chose Jacob and rejected Esau. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Understanding divine destiny. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 9. Are you there in Romans? Romans chapter 9. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 10 going. Verse 9. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Verse 10. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, Neither have never having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election must stand. According to what election must stand, not of what, but of him that calling. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What evil did Esau do for God to hate him? As a child. Hallelujah. That's a strong word, but that's another message. We will not go in there right now. Praise the Lord. Is it, it, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. 
For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So that it is not of him that willeth, not of him that landeth, but of God that showeth mercy. Is it in the destiny of a believer, it is the message of God that counts. Hallelujah. It is the message of God that what that comes. In other words, we are in this kingdom because mercy drew us in. Amen. The message of God was extended to us. We were brought into the kingdom by the message of God, not because of works. We were brought into the kingdom by divine elections. Hallelujah. Amen. You were brought into the kingdom of God by what? By divine elections. By divine message, the message of God drew you into the kingdom. So those who are still far off, those who have been still being interceded, the message of God hasn't reached them. Once the message of God hit them, they will come in. Hallelujah. That is why the international ministry of Jesus is still going on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember our Sunday message? Hallelujah. Amen. So now let me show you this. Verse 11. For the children not yet be born, neither have done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election must come. So in other words, if you are in this kingdom, you have been elected, and the election of God will stand in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. If you are in this kingdom, you have been elected, and the election of God concerning your life will stand. Hallelujah. Say to me, the election of God concerning my life, of God concerning will stand. God stand. The election of God concerning my destiny the of God will stand. Men will go and campaign for presidents to win. Is that not it? Senators, governors, you know, all kinds of political positions. But yours, there was no campaign made on your behalf. God chose you. Elected you. Hallelujah. And because God has elected you, God knows that you are fit for the destiny that he has for you. You are a good fit for the destiny that he has for you. You are a what? A good fit. You are a good fit. You are a good fit. Now, watch, watch here. Watch here. Jacob and Israel have not seen Is that not it? But do you remember that when Jacob asked Esau, he said, give me porridge. Give me, he said, I am dying. I I'm about to die. You are talking about bed, right? Now, in the kingdom, blessings were attributed, were released through what? Through bed, right? So imagine Esau receiving the blessings of God. Esau would have gone out there to sell that bed, right? To sell the blessings to another nation. Did you see that? God foreseeing the future. Said Jacob was the one the blessings would come upon. Esau said in his own words, he said, I'm about to die, and you are talking about bed right. I'm about to die, you are talking about bed right. I'm about to die, you are talking about that is what has happened to so many people today. They understand the destiny God has for them, but for the sake of their stomach, what to eat and what to drink, they have sold their bed right. For the sake of what to eat. They are sleeping in the same bed with Jezebel's. For what you eat, the Lala has <laughs> taken hold of them, their souls. For what you eat, they have sent contrast with the Balaks of our days to go and prophesy lie. 
for what to eat and what to drink. Some wanted to be so famous, they wanted to be everywhere. They wanted men to be mentioning their names. So they went and sold their birthright. They sold their destinies. They sold their destinies. They exchanged their destinies for a small pleasure. Can you imagine one small porridge, a bowl of porridge, Esau sold his birthright. A small bowl of porridge. Some have sold their destinies for just one small thing. Once, maybe a million dollars, they sold their destiny. One stupid house somewhere, they sold their, sold their destinies. Hallelujah. Amen. You have been chosen by elections. Amen. I say you have been chosen by the election of God. Amen. You have been chosen by the election of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me show you verse 17. Romans 9 17. For the scripture says unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I must show my power in thee, that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Now, look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh became so powerful, not on his own. God made him powerful. So that God would turn around and display his power against Pharaoh. So that the whole world will know that there is none like the God of Israel. Hallelujah. For the first time in history, when nations witnessed the power of God, was through Pharaoh. For the first time in history, when men knew that there is a God in Israel, was through Pharaoh. He made Pharaoh so great and brought him down in order to display his power against him. So Pharaoh was a vessel to dishonor. According to scriptures, he was a vessel to what? To dishonor. He was a vessel for dysfunction. He was destined for dysfunction. Let's put it that way. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Yes. Alright. Let's go to Malachi chapter 1. Let me show you this. A question that was asked. Malachi is before Matthew. Make sure you are opening your Bibles, you are reading these scriptures because they will help you tremendously. Malachi chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Or maybe I'll read verse 1 to 5. Please listen carefully. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. See, Malachi has a burden. God put his word in him. And he has to go and speak that word. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet ye say, why in hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord. Yet I love Jacob. Amen. No. The, the Malachi, the word of God came to Malachi and he went to the children of Israel and said, This is what God is saying. I have loved you. And they are asking, How can you say that you love us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Tears the Lord. Yes, I love Jacob. God was trying to tell Israel. 
even though there are other nations, just as I chose Jacob and loved Jacob among the nations of the earth, I have loved you, Israel. And then Jacob, Israel came out of Jacob. Amen. So God was referring them to that encounter when he said Jacob was going to be the one to receive the blessings. Jacob was the chosen one. Jacob was the one that he loved. Verse 3, And I hated Esau, and laid his mountain and his heritage waste for the travels of the wilderness. Whereas Edom says, we impoverish, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thou said the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down. They shall call, and they shall call them the border of wickedness. And the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. Did you see that? He has indignation for what? Forever. Why? He said they shall be called borders of what? Wickedness. And your eyes shall see it. And ye shall say, the Lord will be magnified from the border of what? Israel. Hallelujah. You see the distinction? God said the mountain of Israel will be impoverished. They will try to build, but it will be called borders of what? Wickedness. And you understand, you know the descendants of Esau. So when they were still children, their destinies were decided when they were children. Their destination were decided when they were children. Nobody knew what God was seeing ahead. You could have said God was unrighteous to have chosen Jacob than Esau. But you know what the descendants of Esau are doing today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, remember I said every glorious destiny has a great challenge. Between Esau and Jacob, which one was more challenged in life? It was Jacob. Jacob, Jacob has to serve 14 good years just to get the wife that he desired. Esau, whilst the father was still alive, whilst Jacob has not even left to go to his, uh, uh, the uncle's house, Esau has already married. And the women Esau married were tormenting Rebecca. That was one excuse Rebecca used to get Esau and Jacob to run away from Esau because Esau was planning to kill him. Then Rebecca told Isaac, that the women that Esau married has been a thorn in my flesh. If Jacob should marry from here, I'm finished. Let Jacob go to my brother's house and find a wife. So you will see that the words of Esau were always from, from birth. God knew. God knew the heart of the children before they were born. That's how Jacob was chosen. So if you are this kingdom, God has chosen you separated you in your mother's womb. As he loved Jacob before Jacob was born, so the Lord has loved you. Hallelujah. Amen. Before you were born, he has loved you. Amen. Before you were born, he has loved you. Amen. Before you were born, he has loved you. And he has given you a glorious destiny. Amen. But the truth of the matter is that there is a great challenge attached which you have to conquer for that destiny to become a reality. There is a great challenge attached to your glorious destiny that you have to overcome. Jacob have to overcome 
before that destiny was established. You think after 14 years of suffering, that was it, Jacob wrestled with an angel in the night. To the point that when the day was about to break, the angel touched the whole of his hip, dislocated his joint, and said, from today, your name is no longer Jacob, but Israel, for because you are a priest and you have prevailed with God. Hallelujah. That was the day he was to meet his brother Esau. He, he lived to meet the, his brother Esau. Every great destiny has a great challenge. It is divine orchestration. You can't break that challenge out. You have to conquer that challenge. You have to face that challenge. You have to be deliberate. You have to overcome that challenge. You have to be deliberate. Every great destiny, I say, if, if you are a believer, you don't have any great challenge, I, I'm sorry, you have been set up to fail. Are you hearing me? A Christian without any challenges, you are already a failure. You can't stand in the door of battle. You can't stand in the door of trouble. No. So in this kingdom, God does not set men up like that. He sets you up and he matches you with the cross you have to carry. <laughs> Amen. He sets you up and he matches you with the cross you have to carry. Oh, look, I'm not talking about, you know, we have this notion that you are in Christ Jesus, everything is going to be smooth, blessings with no, that's not the whole truth. There's a challenge you have to overcome. There's a mountain you have to overcome. There's a Jacob in Judah must die for Israel to rise. Hallelujah. There's a Jacob in Judah must what? That must die for Israel to arise. When he was Jacob, he went through tribulations. He was Jacob, he served for 14 years just to have a wife. He was Jacob, he had to wrestle with God. But when he became Israel, the blessings of God began to move upon his descendants. The Jacob inside you must give up. The Jacob must die. Israel must emerge. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something else too about the way God thinks about us. Richard and Leah. How many of you know Richard and Leah's story? Go with me to Genesis 29. Genesis 29. Genesis 29. I'm going to read it fast. Please follow me. Verse 31 and 32. To 33. Now, you know that it was Richard that was lost by Jacob. Because of Richard, uh, uh, he said 14 years. The first seven years, they gave him Leah. They said, they don't want Leah. He wanted Richard. I said, okay, another 14 years. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 29. Verse 18 going. Sorry, 31. Because of that, let's go to 31 to 33. 
And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. <laughs> no, look, look at God putting distinction here. When God saw that Leah was hated, he did what? He opened the womb of Leah. But Rachel was what? Barren. Hallelujah. God will always have his favorites. Amen. Tell the two, tell the three. And he have conceived and bare a son and called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. She conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Because the Lord has said that I was hated, he therefore, he has therefore given me his son also. This son also. And he called his name Simon. And she conceived again and bare a son. So you will see even two sisters. God showed her baptism. One was hated because she has a tender eyes. And yet, God opened her womb and she was given birth. The one that was loved by Jacob, God shut her womb. I can give you an example and example through our scriptures. You see God's showing distinctions. You see God deciding de the destinies of men. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Let's look at Sarah and Hagar. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 21. Galatians chapter 4 verse 21 to the last verse. I'm going to be fast. He said, tell me, ye that desire to be under the law. Do ye not hear the law? For it is written, Abraham two sons, the one by a born maid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the born woman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by the promise. Which these are allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from Messiah, which gendered to bondage, which is Hagar. Now, listen carefully. This is serious. Though. Paul is saying that the law that was given to them on Messiah is like Hagar. You know Hagar? This, the, the maid of uh, uh, Sarah that was given to uh, uh, Abraham as a wife. God is concluding that the law is like Hagar giving to Abraham. She wasn't the rightful wife. And her son could not be the one to inherit the blessing. Is it God making a decision? God decided the destinies of Ishmael right there. God decided the destinies of those under the law and those under grace. Did you see that? So if you go back to the law, you are the standard of who? Ishmael. Bondage. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 24. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is mother of us all. Now, who is he talking here about Jerusalem? Who is being referred to Jerusalem here? Sarah. Which is grace. 
Sarah is being referred to what? To Jerusalem, which is grace, which is above, which is free, which is the mother of us all. So you will see distinction between two wives of Abraham. Hagar represented bondage. Monsignor, the descendants of Ishmael. Then you see Sarah representing the heavenly Jerusalem. Grace, which is the mother of us all. Remember Hebrews chapter 12? She accounted Mount Zion. Heavenly Jerusalem. The city of the living God. So through our scriptures, you see destinies being decided. You see God deciding the destinies of men, positioning men naturally, naturally. Ishmael would have been the one the blessings would come upon. But do you know that God used Sarah to chase Ishmael and the mother out so that the blessing will come upon Isaac? Hallelujah. Take me, I have a glorious destiny. They will say loud and clear, I have a glorious destiny. No devil can exchange my destiny. No power of witchcraft can exchange my destiny. No power from the pit of hell can exchange my destiny. I have a glorious destiny. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that Hagar given to Abraham was a, was a demonic orchestration? For the blessing God has for Abraham to come upon Ishmael. No devil will take your blessings. Amen. I said, no devil will take your blessings. Amen. No power of darkness will change your destiny. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the matter of us all. For it is written, rejoice, that barren. Who was the barren? Sarah. That barren is not. Break forth and cry. That, that travelers not. For the desolate has many more children than she which has a husband. That is Hagar. Now, do you, how many years did it take for Sarah to give birth? How many years? 25. 25 good years for the promise of God to be established. That's what I'm telling you. Every great destiny has a great challenge attached to it. If there's no challenge, there's, if there's no great challenge attached to your destiny, then you have been destined to fail. You have been destined to fall. Then you are not yet in this kingdom. That is what David said. When the wicked spring forth like the grass, do not be envious because they are set for what? Distractions. Hallelujah. They are set for what? Distractions. Unfortunately, many Christians will see unbelievers making it, making it financially. Whatever they touch, it seems like they have magic, uh, magical hands. Whatever they touch turns to gold. And yet a believer is sitting there envying somebody who is not born a king. No, 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 no. They are set for distraction. They are set for destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It took Sarah 25 years for that promise to be delivered. And when that promise came, it was more than... Remember in uh, Genesis 26, as it became so powerful, richer than a whole nation, the Philistines envied Isaac. 
they couldn't withstand Isaac. They said, he said, let's make a covenant. You are more powerful than us. So when there is war, you won't join our enemies to fight against us. He said, thou are mightier than us because of the covenant. But it took 25 years for Isaac to be born. It might take years. It might take a lot of effort. It might take midnight prayers and fasting. It might take even day. Praying the day, walking up and down as if you are crazy. Praying and seeking God's face. But the promise is sure. The destiny is sure. Your destination is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Amen. Your destination is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Amen. Your destination is guaranteed. Hallelujah. Amen. Knowing that every great destiny has a great challenge, prayer and fasting must become a lifestyle for you. Amen. Prayer and fasting must become a what? Must become a lifestyle for you. You have to give yourself to prayers, to fasting, confession of God's word, seeking God's faith, serving God, doing whatever it will take for you to overcome that challenge. I was telling the Ghana branch, after those days, we were praying, doing everything, nothing was happening. We decided that we came to a point where the Holy Ghost made it known to us that we were not serving God, we were only going to church. We were not serving God. And do you know how we started to serve God? We joined the prayer team. We joined the prayer team. Started praying all night prayers. And then in the night, instead of us praying for ourselves, we'll be praying for the church. We'll be praying for the man of God. Praying for the growth of the church. That is how our destiny started to open up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every great destiny has a great challenge. Jacob was loved, but look at the challenge he went. Jacob had to give up for Israel to come alive. He has to serve 14 years just to find the right woman. He has to wrestle midnight with an angel the whole night till his hip was dislocated. Sarah had to wait 25 years. In, in the, in, during those 25 years, Sarah orchestrated her own plan, brought Hagar. You see that? To divert the blessings of God, God said, No, Ishmael is not a promise, it's Isaac. And God used Sarah, the same Sarah. Who orchestrated that told Abraham removed this born woman and her son from this house? Oh, Abraham was discouraged. Abraham was sad. God said, Ah, listen to her. Remove. <laughs> remove, remove the born woman and her son and her child. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. For the person has many more children than she that has one and husband. Now we, brethren, as, as it was, are the children of what? Promise. You see that? He said, as Isaac was, we are children of promise. We are children of divine destinies. Hallelujah. Amen. We are children of what? Divine destinies. Say me, I am a child of a divine destiny. I am a child of divine destiny. I have divine destiny. No devil can extract that destiny. Hallelujah. You see that Isaac's destiny was almost exchanged for Ishmael. Because Isaac's mother brought Hagar. Hagar represents the law. And God said, cast Hagar and the son out. Because they would not inherit the promise. Even though it took 25 years, Isaac was born. I don't care how long it will take. Your own Isaac will be born. I say your own Isaac will be born. It, don't look at the years. Just focus on the promise. Don't look at the yes, focus on the destiny. Don't look at the challenge, 
Focus on the destiny. Don't look at the challenge. Focus on the destiny. The destiny is guaranteed. The destination is guaranteed. You are in the airplane of the Holy Ghost. That plane cannot crash. Nothing can crash it. The Holy Ghost is the one piloting you to your destiny. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is the one doing one piloting you to your destiny. You cannot crash. That is why he said in, in Isaiah, remember he said in Isaiah, if you pass through the water, you will be the submarine to hide you. You will not sink. Hallelujah. He is not submissible to go there and not come out. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the air, he is there. On the road, he is there. So whichever way the devil wants to come against you, God is there to usher you into that destination. You come off it. Hallelujah. You will not disappoint destiny. I said you will not disappoint destiny. Tell me, I will not disappoint destiny. Or say it loud and clear, I will not disappoint destiny. By the grace of God, I will not disappoint destiny. By the grace of God, I will not disappoint destiny. By the grace of God, I will not disappoint destiny. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is piloting you there. If it is in the waters, he is the best Navy seal. If it is in the land, the best drama. Whichever means, whichever way, he is able to get you to that destination. He is able to get you to that destination. He is able to get you to that destination. Verse now we, brethren, as, as it was, are the children of promise. That is children of what? Destiny. Children of destiny. But as then, but as then, he that was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so, it is now. Nevertheless, what years the scripture cast out the born woman and her son. For the son of the born woman shall not be held with the son of the free woman. So that brethren, we are not children of the born woman, but of the free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Finally, let's go to Romans chapter 8. And then we'll be wrapping up for today. We'll continue the part 2 next week. Romans chapter 8. Verse 22 to 25. Then I'll jump from 28 to 30. 22 to 25. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travelleth in pain together unto now. But not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruit of the Spirit, even we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to which the redemption of our bodies. Now, let me explain this. He said the whole creation is growing and travelling in pain. So those who are out there, you think they are enjoying Within that they are growing in pains. Amen. Those unbelievers, they are fine privileges, do all kinds of things. They come out and you know the paparazzi are you know following them, snapping them, they are there posing. Inside them, they are dying, they are groaning in pains in them. But there is no hope for their groaning. But there is hope for you and I. Hallelujah. There's no hope because they're already lost. There's no hope for them. 
I wish I could read this in the uh, New Living Translation, but we don't have time. Praise the Lord. Verse 20, not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves, waiting for that. that and most Christians, because of the, the challenge that they are confronted, they are just wishing that Jesus will appear today. Jesus come today. Come today. Come today. Jesus appear now, now, now. So the world will get we escape. You know, we live. He will come when you have fulfilled your destiny. Amen? Amen. Don't be in hurry. Fulfill your destiny. He will surely come. He will surely what? He will surely come. Praise the Lord. Alright. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is sin is not hope. For what a man says, what does he yet hope for? He said, we are saved by hope. Now, the difference between us and the unbelievers who are all growing in this wicked world is that we have hope for the redemption that is set ahead of us. We have what? We have hope for the redemption that is set up ahead of us. So we cannot be in pain like they are in pain. Because they don't have hope. They are already experiencing hell. They are for tasting hell. Praise the Lord. Alright. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the core according to his purpose. <laughs> that is divine destiny. We are called according to what? Divine purpose. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. So if you are here, that God predestinated you. You see the word pre, predestined. I've always used the movies. When a movie is about to come, there's a preview. You watch the preview, you will decide whether you want to go and watch the full movie or not. And they will capture the good part of the movie. The catchy part. They will preview the catchy part so that you can go and what? Buy ticket and watch it. God has given us a preview of our destinies. God has given us a preview of our destinies. The preview of our destinies here on earth. The real one is eternity within. Hallelujah. Amen. The real one is what? Eternity within. Remember 1 John, I think 1 John 4, 7 or so. It says, as it is, so are we here on earth. Did you see that? A preview, a preview. Hallelujah. A preview. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It is that preview the devil saw. That is why he hates you so much. <laughs> that preview is not hidden. The devil can see that preview. The predestination, your predestination can be assessed. Not full destination, but your predestination can be assessed by the forces of darkness. They've seen that one. That is what they vow that you will not rise up. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will rise up. Amen. I said, the name of Jesus Christ, you will rise up. Amen. You will fulfill your destiny in Christ Jesus. 
You will fulfill your destiny in Christ Jesus. You will rise up in Jesus' name. You will overcome in Jesus' name. You will conquer that challenge in Jesus' name. He has seen the preview, but he doesn't have the capacity to stop you. Hallelujah. He has seen the preview, but he doesn't have the capacity to stop you. He has seen the preview of the destinies of your children. He doesn't have the capacity to stop them. He cannot stop them. He cannot stop them. He cannot stop them. No power from the pit of hell can stop them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't be discouraged. Don't look at the challenge. Don't look at the pain. Look at the preview. Keep the preview. Keep watching the preview. Keep watching the preview. Keep watching the preview. And the whole movie will be revealed to you. Hallelujah. Keep watching the preview and the whole movie will be revealed to you. The devil only has a preview. He cannot stop you. He cannot stop in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He cannot stop in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. Because he has given you that preview, is an indication, it's a proof that he has called you. And whom he called, he justified, made righteous. The word justified means made righteous. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Hallelujah. So you have a glorious destination. Hallelujah. Take me, I have a glorious destination. I have a glorious destination in Christ Jesus. I have a glorious destination in Christ Jesus. No devil can stop me from fulfilling that destination. No devil can stop me from reaching that destination. I have a glorious destination in Christ Jesus. No devil can stop me from reaching that destination. Hallelujah. So look at the man of God concerning us. First, he gave you a preview to prove that he called you. To prove that he called you, he justified you, made you righteous. To prove that he has made you righteous, he glorified you. Hallelujah. 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 We say Jacob lied, but in the sight of God, Jacob did not lie for the blessing. It was the mandate of God that Jacob possessed the blessing, not Esau. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the mandate of God that Jacob possessed the blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because he has glorified you. Glorious destination. Verse 31. What shall we say to distance if God be for us? Who can be against us? He does spare not his own son, but deliver him up for us. Shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of his elect? It is God that justifies. Hallelujah. Amen. He continued there to say, in all distance, we are more than 
conquers. If you can see clearly the preview, no challenge can stop you. No force can stop you. The problem with so many Christians is that they haven't seen the preview. So the devil is mounting pressure on them to give up on the call of God for their lives. To give up on the assignment of God for their lives. The devil is mounting. I mean, just like you start the church and only one person is showing up. I mean, if you don't have the preview, if you don't have the preview, you will give up. You give up. You are preaching, nobody's coming to say, Pastor, this is an offering for you. Oh, Pastor, we appreciate you. We, if you don't have a preview, you are bound to give up. I'm just using pastors as an example. In different areas, God has called you to business, yet nobody is buying from you. God has called you as a politician, yet you have lost all the elections you've contested. <laughs> God has called you as an architect. Nobody has ever bought your eyes to come and design anything. Are you going to give up? Or are you going to stand strong? Every glorious destiny has a great challenge. But with a privilege in mind, you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed this morning? Right to your feet and give God thanks. Hallelujah. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give God thanks. Give it thanks. Give it thanks. Give it thanks. Give it thanks. Lift up your voice and give it thanks. Give it thanks. Give it thanks. 